Welcome to Rise Resolute. If you are open to being inspired by gritty women who have pushed through difficulties and finding motivation in the way we are all connected, this podcast is for you. It is my pleasure to have Lindsay on the podcast today. She is a scientist. She's a researcher. She's an instructor who teaches first-year medical students. She's a wife. She's a mother. And she's actually a former competitive alpine skier. So she has so much to share with us, and I cannot wait to dive in. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for having me, Gina. Absolutely. I'm so excited about this interview. Um, And so before we get started, I would like to introduce the quote that Lindsay has selected. So we'll go ahead and do that, and then we'll let Lindsay give a little intro on herself. Um, And so the quote is this, my gritty listeners, I'd rather be different. And that's a quote that Lindsay actually came up with, and she's going to tell us how that relates to her life in just a minute here. But Lindsay, if you'll start by just giving an introduction on um, who you are and where you came from. Okay. Well, so I'm Lindsay. I am um, starting my fifth year as a PhD student in biomedical science at the University of Maine, Um, but I am physically located at the University of New England College of Osteopathic Medicine, where I teach first-year medical students um, and am currently working on my doctoral dissertation. Um, My general background is that um, I grew up a very, very active kid. I did a lot of different sports and tried a lot of different things. Um, I was really involved with art for a while. Um, I did my bachelor's degree at Skidmore College in exercise sciences. Um, I also have a master's of science in clinical exercise physiology um, and started my PhD in um, a field called biokinesiology, which is very similar to physical therapy, but much more in the sense of um, using exercises medicine for different types of clinical diseases. Um, and that brought me to, well, we'll, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, but um, I ended up switching tracks in my doctoral programs. Um, and I'm now doing a lot more molecular biology. So bench work, um, when you think of scientists with a pipe cutter, um, with all the little different solutions at the, at the, inside the lab with the nerdy glasses. Um, so I'm doing a lot more of that now as opposed to um, working with people directly. Um, but it's all, it's all been a really sort of circuitous, wonderful, intense, um, but totally unique, beautiful journey that I'm very proud of. So awesome. I know. And I just can't believe that we have connected with someone who was a former competitive skier. And now, I mean, listeners, she is researching using exercise as medicine. How cool is that? I mean, it's so incredible. (laughs) I love it. Um, So I'm really excited to talk more. And so let's jump right in. And maybe you can share with us, Lindsay, some of the challenges that you've faced on this wild and crazy journey um, that you've kind of been on. Yeah, I think I, um, I think I've just come to realize that I, I am drawn to a good challenge. I think, I think <laughs> nice, that's now nice. my lifestyle is I see a challenge and I've, uh, and I've just gotta, gotta, gotta address it. So challenges. Um, well, I think, uh, I, oh, where do I even start? Um, so I didn't always, Um, I wasn't always on track to be in the sciences. Um, I started college as an art and art history major. Um, Up until up through high school, I was really sort of intimidated by science. I sort of thought it was for smart people. And um, I just I I was afraid of it. And I was afraid that I wasn't going to get good enough grades to do well in it. Um, And I was 
good at art. So I sort of stuck with that. And, um, you know, it, it was great. I, I love art. You know, it's a great way to express yourself. Um, but I didn't really find it to be challenging. Um, and it wasn't until I took an anatomy and physiology class in college that I really sort of woke up to this excitement around the human body and biology and what goes on underneath the skin. Um, and so that was sort of the first big challenge was how do I convince, you know, people in the sciences that an artist can really um, cut it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that was pretty difficult. Um, you know, I think even in the science fields, um, jumping into exercise physiology from art, um, you know, even even in the medical world, exercise science is sort of considered to be a quote unquote soft science. Um, and so, again, sort of going through the secondary period of having to prove myself, um, you know, that I can handle molecular biology, not just physiology. Um, so that, you know, academically, that's been the an ongoing challenge is sort of just proving myself. Um, but I think Additionally, the the biggest career, at least career challenge for me has been um, switching PhD programs. Um, So I, you know, started my PhD in a really competitive program. um, And, you know, it it, um, it turned out to not be a not be a great match um, with the mentor there. Um, the science was incredible. Um, that was really where I was doing um, the research with exercise and um, breast cancer patients and using exercise to modify some of the, um, the molecular changes that we see in disease states. Um, but that was just wasn't a good match um, with my boss, the person that mentors you during your, during your doctoral degree program. Um, so I had to move back from California. I'm originally from Maine. Um, so I moved back to Maine. I was newly married. Um, <laughs> like all in the first year of my marriage. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. and it was, it was a very dark time. I really thought there's no way I can recover a career from this. Nobody, nobody walks away from, you know, an IV program and, and lives to tell the tale kind of thing. Um, right. So, you know, thankfully I was able to sort of claw my way into a new program. Um, that was a little bit of a rough start too. Um, again, having to sort of prove myself um, and thankfully, I was able to connect with a really good mentor this time around, um, and that's made all the difference. Um, and in the meantime, I've also become a mother and um, have stayed married <laughs> because, that's, because that's good. Good, yeah. good. <laughs> um, you know, and, and had, since yeah. I have sort of come out of that period of intense struggle, it's, it's really, you know, I've had this moment of clarity to say, okay, this is something that we need to start a conversation around. This is something we need to raise awareness about. Um, and, and being in a, a unique position to be able to say, you know, I made it through something like this and you can too. Yes, I love that. Um, I mean, that's just great advice. And it can really relate to a lot of people and their struggles in their own life and what they're going through. Um, you know, and just you, you mentioned it was just such a dark time. And so I want to hear more about, you know, if you struggled and there were days that you felt like you couldn't do it, or if you felt like you sort of had that resiliency within you that you didn't let yourself get too down. Um, but before we go into that, I know you were sharing with me also um, that you were injured as a competitive skier as well. Sort of, was that in the beginning, Lindsay? When was that period of your life that you were doing that? Um, so I started ski. Ra- I mean, I, I, in Maine, 
instead of gym class, you go skiing. <laughs> Part right. of the culture. Right. I think Colorado is similar. Um, but so I, I, I was on skis at the age of two, but I started competitively skiing um, probably in, in middle school, elementary school, middle school. Um, and I continued through college. Um, but it was, let's see, I think it was my, it was my junior year. Um, I had essentially what turned out to be sort of a career ending accident um, that damaged my leg. Um, so I can't, I couldn't physically fit it into a ski boot anymore. And um, so you know, I, I loved skiing and I was sort of there to ride it out for as long as I could. Um, but I, I think a part of me knew that that was not going to be a lifetime career path. Um, this was not going to become something professional. It was just going to be sort of a, a life skill, I guess. You know, I, I still go skiing, but it's just not at the level that I used to, obviously. Right. And so pro- I'm, I'm guessing that probably the grit and athleticism that you learned and, you know, obviously embodied at the time was formative for you and kind of propelled you forward um, into this career as a scientist. And so I want to hear, too, you know, also as a skier, but then as a person, as you're going through these challenges, um, do you, did you feel like you were well prepared already? Did you have that inner strike, Lindsay, or did you have to really work to build that as you were switching the PhD programs and felt like you were in this dark place and you had to prove yourself again and kind of claw your way into this new position? Um, you know, how did you, did you grow or did you, I'm sure you of course grew, but did you feel like you had that strength already? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, honestly, I think it's a combination of both. Um, I think that, you know, from a very young age, my, my parents divorced when I was two and my mom was a single mom um, and she was doing her PhD when I was little. Um, so I didn't see her a lot. And um, so it was a difficult, like sort of upbringing setting. So I think that a lot of my resiliency began sort of in the formative childhood years. Um, that uh-huh. being said, I think that my involvement in sports, my identity as an athlete um, really taught me a lot about physically what I was capable of. Um, and, you know, and also emotionally, psychologically, you know, the, the mind body connection, how, how your attitude mentally affects your physical response. Um, and that applies to the healing context just as much as it applies to, you know, the, the quote unquote winning or achieving part of that. Um, so, so I do think, so part of that is just my personality, my upbringing. And then part of it, I think, you know, each phase of this having to prove myself has just sort of built upon a new or as my skill set has sort of evolved is sort of how I like to think about it. Um, I mean, you know, I think that I'm fortunate in the sense that my mom is a psychologist. I've had a lot of therapy. Um, you know, I, I'm i have mental illness. I I struggle with depression and anxiety, but I take medication. And again, I go to therapy regularly. So I've been fortunate enough to have um, a family environment that has encouraged that. Um, And so I think I've done a lot of work around recognizing how I feel, self-checking where I'm at and doing the best I can to hold myself accountable on on that end of things. Um, 
I really like that. I, I appreciate you sharing that as well because um, here we have listeners, this so, like, such a successful individual and, you know, has also had her struggles. And, you know, I think Lindsay mentioning that you struggle with mental illness is really powerful too because that gives people hope who may be in the midst of that right now. And, you know, seeing that it can be, you know, managed effectively and that you can go on to live a pr- very productive life. Um, and, you know, I think that that, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, That's really absolutely. powerful to put out there for sure. Um, and I know that you mentioned it was helpful to have a mother like the one that you had. And um, were there, was there anyone else that you can remember that helped you along the way that um, really kind of propelled you as you were going through some of these dark times? Was there something specific that someone said that you remember? Well, um, that's a good question. I think the, the, well, I had some early mentors that were women that were very encouraging of me, but during those middle years, sort of graduate school and up until where I'm at now, I did not have really any good mentors. And it was really, really hard. I didn't have people that understood in my family what was going on academically. Um, So that part was really, I had to sort of make myself (laughs) my own mentor and advocate, um, which was really, really hard. And I still don't think I'm great at this, but it's, it's a skill that I've sort of developed um to to be my own best self-advocate sort of I talk about this all the time on my Instagram but just creating my own sunshine where you can't find it anywhere else um you know as I'm a woman in a male dominant field I mean I'm of the faculty that I work in I'm the only female I'm the only one under the age of 50 um you know it's 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 a tough it's a tough position to be in um and then add on to that, that I'm a mother, you know, there's all kinds of discrimination around that. Um, that's a whole nother topic. But uh, no, I think so, you know, in, in the periods where I haven't had great mentors, um, I'm trying to think. So I think the best piece of advice I got was, I don't even remember who told me this, but just that people come into our lives for a reason. And sometimes it's, and it's always for a purpose. Sometimes it's meant to be serving some sort of purpose in the short term. And sometimes they're meant to be with us for life um, and always contributing something. Um, but that's, that's been a really valuable um, piece of advice for me because I think I'm someone that likes to form relationships with people and I get very, very attached easily. Um, and the reality is that not everyone is like that. And there are people out there that are incredibly self-serving and don't feel any sense of responsibility to give back or to mentor others. Um, and so, you know, it's, it can be devastating when you look up to someone that doesn't feel a sense of wanting to encourage you back. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get this. And I think this is an important point too. You make a good point here. Um, some people come into our lives and it's only meant to be for a short time. And so it's important to let go of that relationship, you know, when the time comes and to recognize that it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, that not everyone is meant to be there for the, for the long haul. Um, I want to go back to a couple other things you said that I thought were awesome. Um, you know, the self-reliance part and creating your own sunshine and the fact that you're the only female on staff. I mean, come on, this is amazing. Like rock on. That's awesome. Um, but I, I, I love that. And I, I would like to encourage our listeners to, 
to develop that and to work on that in themselves because in the end, right, we we have ourselves in this life and we have to learn um, in some way to, you know, really kind of rely on our, our you know, our, our own selves and find that internal motivation to find our sunshine when we can. It's always a choice um, and it's a choice that we have the power to make. We also have the power to choose who, um, you know, gets to us and makes us feel down or dark or you know, all of those things. The second point I wanted to make that I that I really liked the discussion of as well, I've heard you mention it many, many times so far, is the importance of mentors. And, you know, it sounds like it's been up and down a little bit for you with mentors, but I think the point that I want to make here and a good one to send out um, listeners, if you have the opportunity to be a mentor, think about how valuable that is um, for someone, you know, who can receive that mentorship. Um, and I hear that from you, Lindsay, and how it's made a big difference when you've had good mentors and when and when you feel sort of alone, you know, those those it's harder to get through. And I do believe in that power of connection. So I do want to encourage people to, you know, seek out those opportunities to be good mentors and give back and nurture others, um, especially other women along this journey, because, um, it, you know, it just can make such a big difference. And it sounds like from our conversation um, that you would agree is that right Lindsay oh yeah and I think you know another important part about that is really just how you as a mentee connect with your mentor because uh, you know the uh, the other part of that is you you can some mentors just come some mentors are just coming to you they're attracted to you and it just sort of happens without making an effort and other times you have to sort of pursue it and they don't always work both ways um but but the important takeaway the or the other important takeaway for me is that um, I've had to learn sort of the hard way that you can't you know even if you think a mentor on paper seems like they're going to be a good fit um, you can't you can't give someone or something everything you have by definition you're sort of compromising your own identity and that by definition you know subsequently is 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 not a good mentor. <laughs> if you're having right. to sacrifice everything for someone, that that's that's not mentoring. That's that's not that's something else. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, I've think... been there. I've I've been in a position with a bad mentor where I did sacrifice everything financially. I nearly sacrificed my relationship, my well, it was my husband, my fiance at the time. Um, and in some ways I nearly compromised, you know, the integrity of my career. Um, and it didn't get me any further. Um, in fact, I sort of like, I wish I had held back, um, and sustained a little bit of my sanity. Right. Yes. These are good words of advice too. And, you know, in those moments when we're, when we're wondering, is this really a good situation? Is this a good mentor? You know, am I in a good situation in general in life? I mean, I, I love this other quote that you, um, you also have on Instagram, but, um, the quote, you have more superpowers than, you know, and just trusting, you know, that if it's not the right person or the right situation to get out of it, because you have that strength within, um, you have the superpower to, you know, move on. And, um, so I really like that too. Um, well, that's where the sports come in too, I think is like, you know, super, more superpowers than, you know, I think that fundamentally that is the biggest takeaway for me from sports and being active. Um, you know, I'm obviously not a professional competitive athlete anymore, but, um, you know, I exercise very regularly and it's so, so, so important. It's, you know, I tell people it's like brushing your teeth. I need to move my body every day. And that is 
really what contributes to my ability to remind myself that, you know, you're, you are physically able. And sometimes, some days, you know, it's not what you want it to be, but it's always coming back to this idea that almost always you're going to surprise yourself both physically and emotionally and motivationally. Um, so sport, sport and exercise has, has been a really big contributor to that piece, that, that piece of the resilience. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, so it, when we think back to kind of going through the change in PhD programs or even going through your injury as a skier, um, to any of those times that you face struggle, is there, is there something that you wish you had known at that time, um, Lindsay, that would have helped you as you were going through the different struggles in your life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I think I wish I had known that I was going to survive. <laughs> Right. Right. I mean, I, I hope so. And I think in a way it was, you know, maybe it was blind ambition that I just like, I just, I just did not allow myself to entertain the possibility that it wasn't going to work. I just like put my head down and shut off those thoughts and just kept working like one day at a time. And, um, you know, so yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have known that it was even possible to recover a, a career in science after leaving a PhD program or changing disciplines. Um, you know, it's not something that people talk about. Right. I'm sure you never would have imagined how amazing it would have turned out also, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the way that the way that the path that it sent you down and we've talked um, about that as well. And actually, it may be awesome to have you back for another um, interview because I just love the research that you're doing. And I think it's so cool to get that out there for our listeners on um, listeners. Some of the cardioprotective effects of exercise and the research that Lindsay has done is just super compelling and really fits in with what we talk about here um, about being ath- athletic and moving your body and um, how that actually has scientific effects on your well-being. Right, Lindsay? Yes. Well, you actually, that's a, that's a good point because I think something I wish I had known is also that it's okay to be a nerd. Like I'm totally, <laughs> oh, I like, love it. Love, love it. I love being a nerd and I love that I know and I tell everyone I'm a nerd. Being a nerd just means you are passionate about what you do. It's not a bad thing. It's you know, and I think it took me a long time. I was always sort of denying that part of myself, like, oh, I don't want to be a nerd. You know, I just want to fit in. But like, nerds are the best kind of people. Who wants to be? <laughs> who wants to be just like everyone else? I love that. Yeah, um, being a nerd means you're passionate. That's that's a great one. Um, very cool. So we've already offered a lot of encouragement. But is there anything else that you want to throw out there for our listeners, for uh, women who are going through similar challenges to you, uh, maybe in a male-dominated field, or you know, pursuing things that are different and out of the box, or someone who's just struggling in their life, Lindsay? Is there anything that you'd like to get out there to encourage them? Yeah, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself oh. and keep going. Yeah. You know, I think what's the saying is patience is a virtue. I, I would um, modify that to say that persistence is a virtue. I think, yes. you know, just keep going. At a certain point, you know, if you need to make a change, you'll know. But be kind to yourself in the meantime and just live another day. <laughs> just do it right. one day at a time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And being kind to yourself is great advice too, because I think we forget that sometimes to just take care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's super, super fantastic. If you would tell our listeners, Lindsay, how they can follow you, if they are interested in following some of your research and your incredibly um, inspirational posts, um, how can they do that? Oh, well, I welcome any and all followers. Um, I started an Instagram account this year um, in like early February um, for my science and life stuff. On, so they can follow me on at Laugh in the Lab. Um, so my initials are Laugh. Um, that was my husband actually came up with that handle. I give him all the credit. Um, and I love it. And I just started a Twitter account like yesterday. I hear that's like what all the kids are doing these days. So I got like I got a Twitter <laughs> account, but I don't know about this whole tweeting thing. So that remains to be seen. But for now, there's Instagram, there's an associated Facebook page, also Laugh in the Lab. Um, and so so you can feel free to find me there anytime. I'm I love interacting with my followers. Um, you know, I I respond to every DM. I I love it. So start a conversation be curious, ask questions anytime. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, um, I encourage you all to go out and follow Lindsay and listeners. I will just leave you with this. Don't be afraid to be different. Um, go out there, be kind to yourself and be persistent. Um, we're rooting for you connected. We can rise. <laughs>